0: When I was a kid, I wanted to be in finance, and now I sell wine.
1: Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Michael Rodnia, co-founder and CEO of Besa Mivino, On a mission to live your Besa life, Besa is a better-for-you, mission-driven brand in the beverage space. Besa's vision is to redefine the alcohol industry, to give consumers the option to drink honest wines by addressing the impurities in the winemaking process. As a brand, Besa symbolizes much more than canned wine. It's a way of living, interacting with the principle in mind to be present and shift, addition, trift, excuse me, shift traditional drinking habits. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Michael. Yo. Yo, yo. Thanks so, for having me. Of course, man. So we always like to start with something called current curiosities. So something that's recently sparked your curiosity. For me, it's actually related to what you do. It's called it's natural wines. I had no idea what natural wines were until like a month ago. And I was hanging out with my cousin and she introduced me to natural wine. She took me to this bar in LA called Tabula Raza, really cool wine bar in East Hollywood. And I didn't know what's the difference between a natural wine, regular wine, whatever. And you can tell me a little bit more about it. My understanding is, is mostly like it's organic. The way it's fermented is different than regular wine. And it just sounded really cool. And it tasted good too. I was like, all right, let's see if this is any good. And then I ordered something and it was actually really nice. And so I still don't know much about it, but I am intrigued by this idea. And I was reading a bit more about it and it's been around for a long time, but it seems like, especially in LA now, I'm seeing it pop up more and more at different places.
0: Right. I mean, there's assortments of wine, anything yeah. from like biodynamic, natural, organic. Um, going back to your question about like what really what recently sparked my curiosity is just the number of people who are identified as vegans. Yeah, compared to, you know, years ago. And I did do some research a little earlier. And I saw in 2014, 1% of the US population identified to vegans. And in 2017, it rose by 600%, meaning 6% of the overall US population identified as vegans. And it's just insane to me in a great way, where there's been such a shift for people to consume natural products, whether vegan or non vegan, but um, I'm sure we'll start to see this in other industries as well.
1: Totally. So I'm really curious. What were you doing before Besa, and what inspired you to take the step? Good question. Um,
0: so I grad- I graduated college in 2016 from Boston University, and when I was in school, I I wanted to be in finance, right? So I applied to a ton of jobs. You know, unfortunately, it just didn't work in my favor. I didn't find any jobs that really made sense for me. So. Later on, I, I started, me and my brother came up with the concept of working in senior homes, right? So we started an operation companies where we would operate senior living facilities. And to this day, this is something that we still partake in, but that's more that of a job that my brother has taken on. Um, but while doing this, I was just, I was always really intrigued with wines, right? And obviously, like wines have been around for, for centuries, but I feel like wine has been branded in the same way for the last 200 years, right? With the same vintage, with the same varietal family story and the packaging. So what? In so I got into the idea of like, you know, you see everything else that's being branded, right? So anything from toothpaste, underwear, clothing is all branded, but wine has really stood still. So we wanted to create a product that was, you know, modern day wine brand. And I felt like, you know, what's different in the market that's not really being done? Everything from, you know, you like to, Enjoy organic food, so why can't it was same for wine? And uh, when I went to a wine shop, I'll never forget this. I, you know, I want to get some inspiration, and I was just looking at from aisle to aisle, every single goddamn bottle looked exactly the same. And at the time when I came up with the idea two years ago, cans weren't necessarily prevalent as it is right now, where you're probably starting to see canned wine like almost everywhere. Where as two years ago, it was it was almost non-existent. Um, so then we, you know, then we
1: came up with Bessa. So how do you come up with the name? Because I think it's such a cool name.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great name. Bessa means kiss. Um, Bessa means you know, kiss my wine. Really funny story about that. So, and I'll, I'll show you some pictures of what the what the original name was. So back, I, I'd say a year ago, we the name used to be Bloom Wines, and the idea behind that is that you know. Our whole branding is about like living in the moment. So we thought like Bloom was great because you're kind of like, you know, you're blossoming and you're like living in the present. So so we had Bloom Wines as the name for pretty much up until the last three months of when we actually launched. And I was at an event and I got this email on my phone that's from a huge winery that said that that by the name it was winery that their name was Bloom Wines. And at the time I did not know and I got a cease and desist letter. So all my branding, all my creative was all branded Bloom 1s. And this was before a production run, which fortunately, you know, if we did the run, then we would have really been a problem. But so I was at this event and I was just like freaking out. And I was supposed to be networking. And I'm just like looking at my phone, like shocked to see this. And and this woman who has her own booth, she looks at me. She's this beautiful You know older lady with blonde hair she sees me and she's and she just runs over to me and she goes what is wrong i go nothing like and it was very random that some woman who doesn't know me would come and talk to me because she sees like you know a a face that was just like you know i guess like clouded um so she comes up to me she's like hey like what's wrong like how you know like you look you look very confused and overwhelmed and i'm like okay uh, I just found out that the name of my company that I'm building is Taken. And I love the name Bloom Wines. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry to hear, but don't worry about it. You look too stressed. I'm like, what do you mean? This is like this is my company. And she's like, honey, give me 15 minutes. Come, come swirl around the booth and uh, come visit me. So I go around like kind of like anxious. I'm like shaking hands with people, talking to people. And I see her from a distance, and she's with her daughter. And they're both looking at me with huge smiles. Huge smiles. And they <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. And they and they wave over to you know come grab my attention. And I go, so I so I almost like sprint over. I'm like, what? Like she's like, I got it. I'm like, what do you got? She's like, Your name, the name of the company. What is it? She's like, Bessa. I'm like, Bessa. She's like, Bessa Mivina. I'm like, oh my God. And instantly I'm like, that clicks. I love it. Like live your best of life. Like just like it all came to me like right there. So I, I thanked her and you know we still keep in contact to this day. But it was just such a funny story how like I was just so you know in such a pain point and within a matter of twenty minutes, Whoa. I had the name of the company.
1: That is awesome. I can't <laughs> believe that. Wow. That's like good luck and just wow, that's, that's amazing. And to come up with a such a good name that fast. Right, because the name is it's a
0: big part of the company, but at the same time, like, you know, you could dwell on a name or coming up yeah. with a name for a very long time because there's no perfect name, you yeah. know, like you can always do better. And I didn't know, you know, bloom was, I was so set on it. Yeah. And then this, and I was like, wow. Oh my goodness. Like match made in heaven.
1: So what did you do as soon as you have this new name? What, what was your next step? Well, I ran and I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I left, I pretty much like left the event. And I had to go back and, you know, a graphic designer, we had to change like a lot of the creatives and obviously we wanted to check to see if the name was available, which we did, it was available and, you know, we trademarked everything. So
1: uh, we're secure. Good. Oh my goodness. So this was before, this all happened before any cans were actually made, correct?
0: This, so we launched in May 1st of 2019 and this was like maybe like three or four months before it.
1: Okay. Wow. Just enough time to kind of turn things around. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh so I have a, I have a broader question, which is like you find yourself in the wine world, but you're not a sommelier. So how do you now enter kind of this new field, even though you, you're not an expert at it?
0: Right. It's honestly a challenge because a lot of the wine, you know, buyers are all Psalms and you know, the way they're, they're train of thought. Is like you know what is so special in your winemaking process? You know, it's how you're fermenting your grapes. Where is it coming from? What's the vintage? What year? What are all that stuff? And like those are all like great stuff that make the t- wine taste amazing. But like for me, I didn't care about any of that stuff. And obviously, like you know, when I first when I first started, I had no idea what a vintage is or a varietal or any of this stuff because like what I was really focused on. And, and to this day, like I think people care. About the sustainability and organic side of a wine, right? So on on all our products, you won't find anything. You won't find a vintage. You won't find a varietal. You won't find anything that would normally find on a normal wine. So a wine bottle. So I guess you know we. I was just so passionate about bringing products that were you know not our products aren't natural, right? So there's like biodynamic, organic, natural, and like you know I can go on, but our products are. Organic, zero grams of sugar, low in sulfite, it's vegan. And, you know, we can get into that. Like what is vegan wine, right? Sure. Like the education process behind, you know, knowing what wines are being filtered with, right? Because as we started to dig deeper, like I don't care about vintage and variety. I care about like, you know, what's going on in the winemaking process, right? Like what are they, you know, I guess even the sustainability factors, as far as like our wineries power through our solar panels, These are like cool stuff or like, You could say we're, you know, almost like a self-sustainable winery, Um, you know, fair wages to all your employees at the farms, all this great stuff that like I think should be, you know, used as a marketing tool versus, you know, the past of, you know, how the wine is, you know, being treated. Um, Yeah, that's so
1: interesting because like even to your point about when you're in a grocery store looking at grocery store aisle, looking at wine and how they all look similar wine to me uh until very recently felt like very stuffy it felt um like of of the beverages it felt kind of uh <laughs> snobbish a little like you have to really know you right. have to know all these different things and now i feel like with besa and other other uh, brands that are getting into the wine especially the canned wine space it's become a lot more accessible which is really nice
0: take the intimidation out of it yeah
1: yeah and so it's nice not only when you can make it accessible, but there's actually merits behind the brand, like what you're saying about being vegan and sustainable. And these are all such exciting choices that you made. And I'm curious, like how did you decide this is what we need to do to stand out? And I'm sure there are costs associated with it. So like, yeah. how do you then say this is a cost? How do you justify like, this is a cost that's worth it for us? Right.
0: So we got into it because, you know, I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know, can wine organic, like sounds like a great idea. Like we saw in this day like we're one of the only people who are producing a wine like ours like what is it and i I really do want to go to the points though about like what you know for the listeners of what organic wines are and what vegan wines are and what you know sulfites and all that good stuff because like they do sound like call outs right because like you know that's the last thing we want because you know like i said just like how there's you know the wine is treated there's also like you know what type of ingredients are going into the winemaking process so like for example an organic wine you could non-organic wine, you can essentially put up to like 176 different ingredients in the wine-making process that no one you don't have to label on the wine But so because we're certified organic and that's a seal that we thought we would you know 100 pay extra for and yes you know you're it's a higher quality product and people will have to be willing to pay for products that you know are essentially better for you than you know what's you know, the competitor um so we to so be used you know all great for winemaking process is like in you know you're gonna be very shocked when you hear this but like a lot of wines use like fish bladder animal byproducts gelatin bone marrow they don't tell the you that at the
1: tastings though they always say like it's a little gingery it's a little this they don't say <laughs> they don't say there's some bone marrow there's bone marrow it's which gross. is crazy and i didn't know
0: that until yeah. i like actually looked in You I know, mean, we yeah. got into it like because yeah. people care about that right and like our backbone of the business have been our vegan, yeah. our vegan audience and now it's grown into, you know, health and wellness. And obviously, you know, we're started, we wanted to start getting into like the celebrity influencer play, which we haven't necessarily yet just because, uh, we're so niche in our audience.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what is, let's talk a little bit about some of these things. So yeah. like you're telling me that for a non-organic wine certified, yeah. certified, if it's not certified, they can get away with putting in all these ingredients, but not disclosing it.
0: Yeah. So like, for example, organic wines that are certified with you know usda well and and i'll go back so organic wines means you cannot put any sulfites in there okay okay but having wines made with organic grapes means that you could put under 100 ppm yeah and you can't go over it if you go 100 ppm which technically of sulfites technically means that um it's used to kill and preserve, kill any bacteria and preserve the wine. But a lot of wineries will use, you know, as much as they want, like, you know, as much sulfate stuff as they want, but that's because they want to preserve the wine for, you know, years. Sure. Um, But, yeah, vegan wines, like, so in order to clarify wine, because wine is clear, right? And how do they make wine clear and remove the cloudiness? They use these animal byproducts. So we use bentonite, which is like a vegan-based clay to refine everything.
1: Wow. Okay. And how did you... Was there any concern about how these extra processes would affect taste or these are things that are actually help make the taste purer in your experience
0: Yeah I I think you know I'm sure you'll get a good time to try yeah, these as soon to as try you, the
1: product w- Once you try them you'll
0: you'll feel it right it it tastes better but you also you know you feel better because you know there's not all these different chemicals going into you know this you know wine is made there's herbicides pesticides all these foreign ingredients like it's just better for your body. Obviously it's alcohol at the end of the day, right? So you got to be a little bit responsible with how, how much you drink and how much you consume. Uh,
1: but yeah, absolutely. How did you even go about finding partners who could accommodate this vision you had? Cause like you said, a lot of people aren't doing this. So I imagine you kind of had to do a little research to yeah. figure out the right sources.
0: Um, it was really difficult for us at the time because there's not many wineries who are, you know, have the certifications and, When we first started you know we didn't have the order you know we didn't have the volume that we're doing right now so going up to a random winery and say hey you know like we you know buy some of your juice they're like you know the minimums are a lot higher yeah so we visited almost i'd say like visited called emailed over like 500 wineries
1: wow all in california or all all in california we wanted
0: everything to be local um originally we we went out you know, when we first, when I first started, I'm like, like, I just, I want to make sure that our products are the best, you know, they're certified organic, low in sulfites and, you know, all this great stuff that you want to hear in wine. Right. And it took us a long time, but we finally found a winery in Paso Robles that really believed in the brand. We partner up with them and that they're our single winemaker. So they co pack their products for us. They source our wines for us. We go out to the winery maybe like once a month, you know, we're great friends with the winemaker there as well. And uh, we, you know, we get, you know, we got what we pay for because it's, you know, it's amazing wine. Like I, I, I really want you to try,
1: it, try it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to try it. And I'm, the bottle looks so nice. I'm, I mean, the can rather, everything is, everything it really excites me just sitting here looking at it. And I can, I can see now, like this is so nice. Did you have this when you went up to that winery in Paso Robles, and you're like, this is what we're trying to do, or how much did you have already in hand when you approach them?
0: Yeah, so. We we were designing the yeah. the label before we even had the winery, before we even knew who the manufacturer was, wow. or supplier. Yeah. So we were like, you know, we we're getting the permits, we we're getting all the licensing because it's alcohol, so there's a ton of licensing. It takes like almost like six to nine months just to get your license. And we're building the labels, we're building, you know, what every wording and every inch of it was wording that came from my brother and I. Uh, this was a venture that was started with my my co-founder, Roddy Rodnya and uh every you know everything from the back the messaging the you know the name was the only thing i think that didn't come from us but you know it was a great story so i'm happy that happened yeah Um, but yeah so we 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 went as far as we can without you know with doing as much as we can with the product and as soon as we got the label we went to the manufacturer and said you know this is it this is what we're trying to do this is where we're looking to go and they didn't have a product like that at the time and they you know,
1: they hooked us up. Awesome. And so once you get that commitment from your the winery, what's the next step? Like do they send you samples and you kinda of taste test or what, what happens? Yeah, it's, it's a tough gig, by yeah. the way. There's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a fourteen hundred acre <laughs> winery in Paso so yeah. it's massive. Wow. So many different wines. So we did a lot of wine tasting. You know, we got drunk many, many times. We went through like... You didn't do the spitting? Huh? You didn't do spitting? spitting. (laughs) You didn't do that there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we went through like, you know, different Grenaches and Zinfandels, uh, Pinot Gris. And, you know, I will say our white wine is a dry mascot. And our rosé is 60% Grenache and 40% Zinfandel. These are all like up-to-date vintages. um, 2018 and then... this
1: coming year will be 2019. Um, but yeah. So after you go through this taste testing, and how do you know this is the right one? We're ready to go with this. Is it something just click or is there a time consideration? How do you make the decision? It's uh, a good question. So we
0: sampled the products. At, so we brought, we got sent over like 10 bottles of a few different. Wines and we sampled it with a lot of friends, families, and cross campus in Santa Monica, yeah. which is a huge you know, co-working space. And we had like three hundred people try the wines. Um, but doing all these tastings, our result was it was pretty much like even, you know, it was like fifty fifty. With you know, it, everyone had a different taste. Yeah, you everyone had a different you know palate to the wine. Right. So even with you know the huge group study that we got the focus group we you know we were kind of like left with you know no decision and and we thought you know chardonnay would be a good idea because it's just chardonnay everyone likes chardonnay yeah but as we start to taste it we just we're just like we like you no know, dry mascot is not as heard of but it just tasted so much better um so my brother actually made the executive call and he's like let's just do the dry mascot it tastes great it, it's amazing and the, for the rose it was a clear winner that the 60% Grenache and 40% Zinfandel was what people liked. So that made that this isn't easy, but for the white one, it was like, you know, because you, you don't know, right? Yeah. You don't, everyone has such a different wine palate and depending on what they're eating before, so we wanted it to be like a great experience. You know, we didn't want it to be too heavy, right? right. We wanted to be like very light and bright and aromatic. And that's yeah. what it is, right? When you drink that, you're not going to feel heavy. It's, it, you could probably take four of those and not even realize you just Took almost a bottle and a and a glass and a half. Oh my God! Whoa! <laughs> right. So four. So three cans is one bottle. Okay. A four pack is a bottle plus a glass and a half. And like wow. you could casually like take that down very easily. Yeah. And I have friends who like will drink. <laughs> know, four or five of them, and just
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you don't realize until, they don't realize uh, it. They don't realize deep. it.
0: They're like, well, "What are you serving us?" I'm like, "Guys, it's wine. It's twelve and a half percent. It's not like a spritzer where it's five percent. It's a oh yeah, it's wine. Yeah, you know, it's not
1: kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> no, this is the stuff, man. Oh my goodness. So what I really like is like, there's a lot of brand synergy. Like even just down to the taste. You're a fun, light brand. Like when you go on. Your website, you know, it's people at the beach, it's people on a hike having a good time. The taste itself, you could, you know, take it with you to the beach. You can have a chill time with it. It's not something that's going to knock you out. Yeah, at least not off one, maybe off four. (laughs) So, I mean, how do you, how do you, like, you have this vision for a brand? How do you make sure you're, you're following through at every level? It's kind of a broader question, but
0: right. Um, I really, I think it's just taking it. day by day, right, where, you know, there's so many different parts of a startup where, you know, it's one, the first part is, you know, developing the product, you know, what's it going to look like, how, how's it going to make people feel, how do you want it to make people feel, and then, then this part of, like, getting into the shelves, and then this part of selling, like, you know, actually selling it once it's on the shelf, so, like, our vision from day one was really just to, like, you know, have really good tasting wines that, you know, looked and felt great, right? Like, it's because at the end of the day, like you know, it's it's rosé, right? So, it's and there's a lot of other rosé companies, but what are we doing that's so different? I think it's our attributes and just the way it's you know being served, right? And there's been so many times where I've gone to so many. Now I'm in sales mode right now, where I'll sell it to like a random liquor stores. And I guess not liquor stores, but restaurants, and they'll be like, "No way, canned wine!" And there was this one experience I actually had with a restaurant that is very well known, and the wine buyer was just—he was heated when he just—he's just like, "I will never have canned wine," and it's—it's it's a stigma because people think that you know, you people yeah. pro, like producing low quality wines, but it's just you know, it's, we're going back to that where like we want to produce like extremely like you know great quality wines. But they happen to be in a can, you know. You can portion control it, uh, shrinkage, efficiency, you know, all this type of stuff that you get from a bar. You know, the turnover is a lot quicker. Um, so we just were looking at all the amazing things you can do with cans, and you know, that's why you know there are days where I'm just like, holy shit! Like it is, you know, it, you know, you're getting turned down, but then you know there are days that are amazing. But overall, the product is speaks for itself.
1: How do you convince some of these more traditional buyers who would never dare serve, you know, canned wine? How do you get them? How do you win them over?
0: Um, so for them, it's tricky, right? So initially, when they think of canned wine, they won't even taste it. And when you follow up with an email, they don't respond. So, what I, you know, there was a one account that were, I, I had that scenario happen. And I actually went to the account and I said, hey, like, just try it right and the guy was because all the buyers you could be could be found at the restaurant right they're not in office they're the gms of yeah. you know all these great restaurants so you go in and you say hey it's me I've, you know, I've been emailing you and this one time he's like fine you know i'll, I'll sit down with you really quick and i'll try it so I, I had him try the wines and he's just like he's just like holy shit like it's crazy because in the past i've just been so scarred from what's coming because you can't you don't know what's in the wines right right it's it's not clear label um so when he tried it you're just like you know this is this is not you know this is not something i have i've seen yet coming out of cans and it's you know amazing because you're you're starting to see like really high quality stuff and not only our cans but you know there's other people just being marketed in different ways that are producing really good stuff in these cans so i think i think white cloud really helped us in a way as well because they validated the whole can industry and everyone's like yeah what's the new cool can that's you know it's it's help but at the same time. We're not a white cloud, right? We're, we're a wine, you know, we're, you can take down four or five of them and have a great time. And, uh, but you I think white Claw is really meant for like, like college parties where it's like, this is great for a girl's night out.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. The branding is a little different for sure. So in terms of actually like the process of getting it at restaurants, is it as simple as I'm going to go in and ask to speak with the GM or what's the step to actually like getting it in a restaurant, like getting yeah. your foot in the door?
0: And um, this is something I was a little surprised with too when I first got into it because I didn't know how difficult and challenging the, the selling part was going to be. Um, it's a three tier system, right? So theoretically, you have to use a distributor to sell to your restaurant, right? So, right. Whether it's you who's selling to them or your distributor, um, that's who's going to make the sale. So our distrib- we have a distributor, and they have made—you know—they have made their sales. But you know, we also make our own sales. And the way you know, I go about it is, I will go into a restaurant, and I will most likely, a lot of times, I'll go in at a time where it's off. Right? It's like you know, four o'clock, five o'clock, yeah. and their busy hour is is done. And I'll just tell the guy, I'm like, hey, you know, we have this new, awesome, cool wine brand. You have to try it. And then every time their answer is, okay, send me an email. And so you send an email, you have to follow up and then essentially you will have to go back inside and, and if they like the wine, it's as simple as them just taking it. But what I was going to say is that there are so many, like you have to really be like, I guess, understand that it's not personal for them, you know, if they say no. It's just, you know, they didn't like it, but there's so many products that they're being pitched to every day, like everything from wines, beers, you know, food. So, I mean, you know, these guys will sometimes be really harsh, but that's because, you know, it, it, they get people like us who are selling to them constantly. Uh, Fortunately for us, you know, we've had some good luck. And we've had, you know, great people who really like stood behind the brand and, you know, could vouch for us.
1: That's awesome. And I think I was reading that part of your growth strategy in the initial months was, you had an ambassador program with influencers is that right yeah yeah and i thought as i understood they get some kind of equity did i read right, that correctly which right. i thought was really interesting and i thought a really good way to actually get them to care and not just see it as a transactional thing right and so could you talk a little bit about the launch strategy in that regard
0: yeah Um uh, so we haven't paid any influencers to promote our products and you know not that we don't want to we just don't have the budget yeah so at the time, my brother and I were thinking, like, you know, we want to launch, we want to launch with like a blast. We want people to know about us. Like, what do we do? You know, um, you know we don't have enough money to be paying all these influencers, you know, you know their, for their time. So we figured, like, what's something cool that you know, they could take from it, but, you know, it's not going to you know, empty our pockets out. So we came up with the Best at Angel Ambassador Program. And essentially what that is, is that like we hand chose 50 influencers that we think like really align with the brand. So anything from like, you know, health and wellness influencers, you know, vegan influencers, but majority of them were focused in LA. And uh, we, you know, we told them about what we were doing. We found their email, we met up with them and we're like, Hey, we're launching this company and we want you guys to have a small equity share in it, right? We want you guys to be invested in the brand. We want you to tell your friends about the brand and uh, it's a very and i'll tell you right it's a very 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 small piece into the company um so we have found 50 influencers who when we first launched the product we got o- over 10 million impressions on the brand so these are influencers who to this day are posting about us and they do all our events and samplings and we because at the end of the day you know if it's if we just pay them they're going to forget about us and they're going go to go into another brand but now they really feel invested. Like, you know, we talk to them, we tell them what we're doing, all the events we're going to, and they're telling their friends, which is like the most important part. Right. Cause like that's, I feel like that's how things get really viral is when people tell their friends and they actually care about it. Rather, like you said, it's, if it's transactional, then, you know, it, there's no authenticity part of it. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because it's helped a lot with selling too. So there are times where I'll go into a market and they're like, Oh my God, I've seen this on Instagram. Like this girl posted it or something like that. I'm like, Thank God, like, just made my life that much easier. But a lot of times, these girls and guys that we have are help selling the product, so they're connecting us with people as well. And you know, as we grow, so does their equity theoretically, um, as their company gets valued higher. So will they and you know, it's been it's been really amazing so far.
1: Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think just your whole launch strategy has been really smart. Just every detail is really digestible like it's you're not you're not overwhelming someone it's like we have these two beautiful wines they're made in a sustainable way we have these you know people who are supporting us and i think every detail was very well planned and i and i'm just thinking now like looking at these two wines i think even just the choice of to release two was that an intentional thing or do you have do you have a slow rollout planned how do you decide how many you want to enter the market with and grow from there
0: yeah um I think I we were thinking about doing a red, but as we started getting into it, we're like people don't necessarily want to, red wine from a can is different experience, whereas rose and white, it's more of like a daytime drink, right? You kind of with red wine it's more of an experience you're a fine dining restaurant, you wanna have it with your steak, but with rose and white it, you know, these are products that I would take to the beach and I'll drink it during the day, hiking. Or just you know, as simple as you know, if you're at home and you don't want to open up a whole bottle of wine, like it's a great alternative. I didn't, you know, I we want, we're thinking about just launching with a rosé, but we're like we might as well just put what in there too because the product, you know, it it complements each other so well. Yeah, and I think even on like on a shelf to have two versus one. Will also make a difference just totally. for the consumer. Um, it, it kind of creates a stronger brand, yeah. knowing that there's different varietals and some people don't always want white and some people don't always want rosé. So it's great to have them on one product. Hopefully, when they see our product, they can tell their friends, "Hey, there's a rosé that you know I I just don't like rosé, but you should yeah. try it." You know, <laughs> um, it, we we do have plans though to come out with a a new varietal. It won't be a red. It won't be a, another. Wine will be like a different type of beverage, but
1: got it. Like
0: maybe like a sangria.
1: So, I'm curious. Like it's so cool to see this product and to physically hold it. And I'm just wondering, like, how did you even to get to make all this possible? You need some funding up front, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you even get people on board uh, to help you invest before you have the physical product? Yeah. Um, it.
0: Funding in the beginning was really hard. To this day, we're we're still self-funded, um, but we we were we bootstrap the hell out of this brand. Like we were so scrappy, we didn't have like an agency touching. We just we couldn't afford it. So everything, like I said, from the wording to the packaging to the graphic designs, these are all things that we, my brother and I, created in house. So we, I remember, I, and I can show you this picture. We were in a trip in India, and we were just. And it was one of my brothers friends wedding they went to school with in india so we were there and we were just coming up we were drawing like different designs and we were sending it to the graphic designer to like actually so we could see it digitally but we were even the licensing like you know people would pay you know a company let's say like ten thousand dollars and they'll take care of all the licensing instead we just you know we just went to the clerk and we said what papers do we need to get filled out we filled everything out ourselves and it took some time but we we ended up being able to launch with, you know, a fraction of what I think a normal startup in this industry would, you know, would have to would need to start. So we so we majority of the funds that have helped BESA get to where it is right now was from what I was doing before in the past with my brother, which was senior housing. So we every you know majority of the money we made from there, we invested it into BESA and You know, we are self-funded today, but I think in the next couple of months, we'll be looking for outside funding. Oh, wow.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot, There's a lot that goes into a business, right? There's a lot that you could just outsource to people, right? But eventually it adds up and like, you really have to count every single dollar that's going out because that's, you know, money that you could be spending for marketing and getting people to actually purchase your product. Um, It took us like a year and a half to launch.
1: So now is it still just you and your brother, or are there other people working under you at BESA?
0: Yeah, so it's my brother and I, and we have a a girl who handles pretty much like all of our digital strategy. So everything from our Facebook, Instagram, like content, you know, what we want to do as far as like events and influencer outreach to so, you know have people sample the products. Um, so and then we have a graphic designer who is now like. Pretty much i would say it like, wouldn't say in-house but you know anything that we need he, you know he comes to the office a couple times a week and he gets it done for us yeah
1: and so when you're looking to when it's just you and your brother there's a certain level of trust and how do you decide you can trust who to trust to bring in as your company expands
0: um that's a good question too it it starts with freelancers honestly <laughs> right so in the beginning it just you know talking to many freelancers for a lot of the different projects you're doing and eventually you kind of like see who vibes and who you don't vibe with who's doing a great job and eventually and they become part of the company right you're giving someone so much business that you know it sometimes makes more sense to just bring them in and you know be part of the you know, what we're doing right you know right. they're seeing where it's going they like the product they see the vision um and it's a it's a very organic thing that just comes together Where it's like we we haven't like really you know we don't have a recruiting company it's more of someone we see who's doing a great job and, you know, we talk to them and, it, you know, it's a match made in heaven. It just fits
1: perfectly. And what's it like working with your brother?
0: It's great. It's great. Like I said, fortunately, we have our two, two different sides of the business. He's more on the senior housing. This I, 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 I don't do that. I now have been focusing on this since last, like, year now. And this is what I do every day, 24, seven, seven days a week. We share an office together and he's, he's just like, he's a very smart guy and he helps a lot of strategy and, you know, what we want to do, you know, for a long-term goal. But it, it's always great to start a business with a relative because, you know, at the end of the day, you could trust them with anything.
1: You guys are still at such a scrappy pace right now, which I love. And I'm wondering, how do you, how do you structure your time? So you're getting the most out of your day and moving this company forward because when it's you're you're the leader of this and it's all it's a lot of it is on your shoulders how are you making the most out of each day to make progress
0: i try to set my schedule you know a week before as far as you know what days you know i'll be selling what days will i be you know just there'll, there'll be times where i'm just sitting in my office and i just will be thinking about like not even like at the computer right just thinking about like Cool. except in the, the day this is like you know we have to make the product and and get people to get the products in people's hands so like what are you doing to do that so there'll be times where i'll just sit at my desk and just for hours i'll just be thinking about like cool you know strategies that we could launch you know the next month um i'd really say and which was amazing about the business every day is different like i will never have one day that's different like one day you know we'll be doing an event one day we'll Going to the winery, supply chain, selling, to, you know, talking to our vendors, like what do they want? Like, and our consumers now too, like now that we have, we, we're, we're in about 200 stores. We launched six months over in about 200 stores. Anyone from like Air One Markets, Co-op, uh, Butcher's Daughter, Coral Tree Cafes, Umami Burgers. So all these great places, so it's, I, I do go time to time and talk to every single one of them and saying, what can we do to improve, right? What type of merchandise do you guys need? You know, what, you know, how can we help you? So I would say there's no day. That's the same, but it's always good to have some type of structure where you know that, you know, this day is meant for this and that week is meant for only, you know, selling. So it's just getting like an idea of like, you know, your, your plan beforehand.
1: That's exciting. And, so, like you say, every day is so different. And now with the different changes in the wine business, there are more people getting in the canned yeah. wine space. Um, social media, like you said, is playing a huge role. How do you see the wine business changing? Uh, good, good question. So I, I see
0: definitely there's a there's a growth in people looking for that organic or natural. But bio- you know, people are looking to explore into wines. Um, I think it's great because you know our wines. Are different but they're not you know even like orange wines have you heard of that
1: yeah i did i actually just tried an orange wine right? How did you yeah th- what did you think i liked it it was good i didn't know what to expect but also yeah. i was at tabula Raza and i tried where? my cousin tabula Raza. that was the place oh, um, nice. where i tried the natural wines um and they had an orange wine that my cousin ordered and i didn't know what an orange wine was so i tried i still don't really know what it is but it tasted good and there's like biodynamic which is really interesting because it's yeah. like it's,
0: honestly i think it goes so deep in just like the, the soil type astrology like it's like crazy stuff um but it's it's a different part of the wine business that you know maybe we could create in the future but the time i think that like i think people are looking for something that's a little bit more cleaner and natural a lot of natural wines are not filtered and sometimes you'll have like you know and that's why it's not always like see-through it's not filtered but we're we're filtered
1: so different kinds of of wine different strands playing with the process And purer wines.
0: Purer wines. Um, Again, yeah, just understanding like everything that goes into the winemaking process. Everything from like, like I said, the herbicides, and pesticides, what's really, what's being treated on the grapes. Right. And then everything to just having like a cool, we're certified sustainable. What does that mean? It just means that. We we use energy efficiency systems. We use wastewater waste water what is it? Waste
1: water management.
0: Yeah. We're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> uh yeah, water management systems. It's just it it goes very, very thorough in the the energy systems as far as like our winery because we have about I'd say like three hundred solar panels on the vineyard to be able to Produce, to be able to generate energy for the actual
1: winery. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's so yeah. cool.
0: You should come down to the winery. It's every, in Paso Robles? Like, that, like three hours north of you.
1: Yeah, and Paso Robles, I feel like, is also becoming an emerging it's, wine yeah. scene.
0: It's really, I mean, there's obviously Napa and yeah. Sonoma, but I didn't know about Paso Robles until I got into it. Yeah. And Mendocino County. Mendocino. Right. Yeah, it's also like really amazing. I haven't been yet, but um, I've heard really
1: good things about their wines. All right, so I'll end with some uh, just some fun questions. Who would play you in the movie of your life? If there was a movie made about Mikey Rodnia, who is the actor who plays Michael? Who is the actor that plays yeah, who, Michael? Who plays you in your movie?
0: I really like Ryan Reynolds, honestly. All right, fair. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. I don't know if our if our personalities match. I just love that guy, and if he was representing me, I would be very happy. <laughs>
1: awesome. If you could be living in any other decade or era, what would it be? Uh, The future. Okay, cool. Yeah, like 2050. That'd be insane just to see like what's going on. Hopefully we'll be around then. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) What's your favorite drink other than Besa?
0: Um, My favorite drink other than Besa? I really like sparkling water. What's my favorite one? Uh, Perrier. Okay. I'm a big I, I, Topo Chico fan recently. What
1: is that? Topo Chico.
0: Have you tried it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've oh, heard of that. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I have never liked sparkling water as much as I do right now. I just, yeah. it's, it's, every day I drink it. I, I need it. It's
1: crazy. It's become my thing like post-lunch when I'm feeling a little bloated. Just mm-hmm. have like a, have a glass of sparkling water and I feel much better.
0: So yeah. It's, yeah. It's carbonated water. Yeah. So it's, there's no sugars. It's not bad for you. But yeah. It tastes, it's just yeah. great.
1: In my office, we had this thing called a bevy machine. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. my boss was having like eight LaCroix cans a day. And so my... It's like me. Yeah. So my coworker was like, we should stop using so many cans. Let's just make a machine where we can like bring a glass and refill it. And everybody you loves different it. Flavors yeah, in it right? has different flavors Yeah, it has different flavors. Yeah. There's like lime and all these other good ones. Um, and it was really great. Everybody loved it at the office. Yeah, I should so get a bevy. And what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning?
0: The first thing I do after turning off my alarm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I go to the gym every morning.
0: Nice. I go to the gym. So i brush my teeth and then I go straight to the gym. Nice.
1: And then I always ask every guest to share what's your jam as in song. Cause we're going to create a Spotify playlist with every guest's recommendation. So what's your jam? could be anything.
0: I really like uh, losing it. Okay. Losing it. Dun, 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 by who? Dun, huh? Who is that by? Um, I forgot who it was, but I just, I just played it all, all the right. time.
1: All right. Cool. And where can people buy Besa and uh, follow the brand?
0: Yeah. So our Instagram handle is at drink um, And they can go to Air One Markets, Co-op. Uh, we're in 200 stores locally. So you can just go to our store finder on our website and you can find products near you.
1: Awesome. And if they're not in LA, can people have it shipped?
0: yeah we sell oh, 45 cool. states we, we sell oh, wow. all in california oh, okay we don't sell outside of california as far as distribution but we could sell online to 45
1: different states awesome awesome and if people are interested in you michael rodney where can they find you instagram cool what's your handle michael Radnia. cool if you want to follow the pod you can do that at hdydpod thanks michael appreciate it man. love it